The reading from the Old Testament is from Psalm, Psalm 119, verses 159 to 168, on page 621 in the Church Bible. See how I love your precepts, preserving my life, O Lord, according to your love. All your words are true, all your righteous laws are eternal. Rulers persecute me without cause, but my heart trembles at your word. I rejoice in your promises like the one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. I wait for your salvation, O Lord, and I follow your commands. I obey your statutes, for, love them, for I love them greatly. I obey your precepts and your statutes, for all my ways are known to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The reading from the New Testament is from the second letter of Timothy, chapter 3, verses 14 to 17, on page 1197 in the Church Bibles. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. Good to be with you again. I always enjoy coming here to uh, join with you in worship. It's a familiar scene, a couple in a car. The man is driving, the woman has the map. Why is it the women can't read maps? Why do they have to hold it upside down? But then why is it the men won't ask for directions? But uh, that, although that's a classic problem, help is at hand because now we have the sat-nav, uh, which is the solution to all our navigational problems, of course. Um, who's got a sat-nav in their car? Anybody got a sat-nav? Yeah, quite a few. They're very good, aren't they? I mean, they're very handy. Mixed blessing, do you think? Mm, maybe. Um, but you probably know how they work. You simply type in where you are going, the postcode or the address or something, and amazingly, it calculates it for you. Um, it says things like, you know, in 300 yards, turn left. At the roundabout, go straight on, second exit. Things like that. It's amazing. And um, the very clever thing is if you ignore it, well, for one thing, it doesn't raise its voice. It doesn't say, you idiot, I said left doesn't do that. Uh, if, you, if you ignore it or go left when it says right and things like that, it simply recalculates. Very quickly, it realizes where you are, 
and it tells you how to get back from there rather than from where you should be. Sometimes it says, again in a very calm voice, turn around when possible. <laughs> it says that to me quite a lot. What it does, what a satnav does, is it guides us, it gives instructions, it tells us where we've gone wrong, and it gets us back on the right road. That's what it's designed to do. Rather like, of course, the Bible, which is not a satellite navigation system, but a life navigation system. And 2 Timothy 3.16, which we heard read, says that the Bible is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in right living. In other words, if we listen to it, it will keep us on the right track. Now, there are some ways in which the Bible is like a satellite navigation system and some ways in which it is not. But let's look at the similarities first. The Bible shows us the way to go. The Bible gives us lots of principles and guidelines and commands for living. Most obviously, the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament and the Sermon on the Mount in the New Testament give us clear principles for how we are to live. A clear guide. We'd be foolish to ignore it because it's keeping us on the right track. And if we read the Bible regularly, and I can see that, you know, we've got some work to do here, uh, with uh, most of you reading Harry, Harry Potter all the time. But if we read the Bible regularly so that we become familiar with it and it becomes part of us, we will find that it uh, does all those things mentioned in 2 Timothy 3.16. It will teach us, rebuke us sometimes, tell us where we've gone wrong. It will correct us and keep us on the right track. And rather wonderfully, we will find, as we get to know the God of the Bible, that he starts from where we are. In other words, he doesn't say, you've gone so far wrong now that there is no way back. It was miles ago that I told you to turn right and you turned left. And then you've messed it up even more since then. There's no way back now. He doesn't say that. He says, okay, you shouldn't have come to this point. That's not the way I wanted you to go. But now you're here. Let me show you the way back to the right road. That's why there is so much in the Bible about forgiveness, about how God has promised that when we confess our sins, when we acknowledge that we've strayed from the path, then he will forgive us and show us the way back. So the Bible teaches, rebukes when necessary, corrects us, and trains us in right living. So, so far, we can say that it's like a sat-nav. However, there are other ways in we, uh, where we have to say that the Bible is not like a sat-nav. In the end, 
a sat-nav is just a computer. It's just a clever machine. And like most machines, it has its drawbacks. There are numerous stories now circulating of how sat-navs have directed traffic into rivers and into narrow lanes. Uh, that's a good one. Um, where uh, That's a Ford, but of course only certain vehicles could get through a Ford like that, and an ordinary car can't. And uh, you get, there's another one of uh, a rather narrow lane. And uh, that's a great one, isn't it? Look at that. Ooh. <laughs> and you've probably had experience, I have with my sat-nav, of uh, following it faithfully. And either you get onto a, a ridiculous road like that one, or uh, it even takes you uh, to a, a blocked road uh, because it's kind of out of date. So what we need in those situations is Reliable advice from someone who knows. Someone on the ground who lives in an area uh, will know that certain roads are no good for lorries or certain roads are impassable for cars. Um, and they know better than the sat-nav. A machine can give information, but it can't give wisdom. And that's where the Bible is different from a sat-nav. It's more than a programmed computer, and it's more than a, a dead book or a historical record or a list of commands. The Bible, again, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, the Bible is God-breathed. God breathes through it, not only when he inspired the various authors to write it many, many years ago, but he also breathes through it now as we read it. So it certainly does it give information like the Satnav. It tells us of things God has said in the past. It tells us what he's done in the past and especially how he came to earth in the person of Jesus. As we've said, it gives plenty of guidance and rules for living. But it's far more than being just a history book or just a dry code of practice. It's also God's living word to us today. It gives information, but it also gives wisdom. Which is why people read the Bible every day. Not just to get the general map of how God wants us to live, but to hear what God is saying to us today. For example, you might know from reading the Bible as a general and very important truth that Jesus died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. You might have known that a long time. If you've been in the church a long time, if you went to Sunday school when you were small, you might know Jesus died so we could be forgiven. It's in your head. You might also know that Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer that we are to forgive, us, give others, forgive others as God has forgiven us. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You know that prayer, it's in your head. These are good things to know. What God has done, what Jesus has taught. But these could remain just theory. 
and have no impact on our lives. But let's say you're in the habit of reading the Bible every day, or most days, and asking God to speak to you through it. And let's say it's part of your Bible reading. You just happen to get to the parable of the unmerciful servant in Matthew 18, where a servant is forgiven a huge debt, but then he won't forgive the tiny debt of someone who owes him something. And you're reading that passage because you just happen to get to it in your regular Bible reading. And as you read that, you suddenly realize that this is God speaking to you about forgiving a particular person. You realize, actually, I never have forgiven so-and-so. God's forgiven me, and I like that, but I never have forgiven so-and-so for whatever it was. And you realize God is speaking to you now, in the present. That's how God speaks today, giving us not just information, but wisdom. It's not just that God recorded, or the Bible recorded, what God did thousands of years ago. It's God speaking through the Bible today. It might be a word of challenge like that. It might be a word of, of comfort. For example, we know in theory that God loves us. Everybody knows that, don't they? God loves us. It's his job, isn't it? But we, sometimes God will speak to us afresh through the Bible to remind us that not only does he love us, he, he likes us. You might be reading Zephaniah, for example. How often do you read Zephaniah? But it's in there, honest. And, but you, again, if you read the Bible regularly and follow some sort of plan, eventually it will take you to Zephaniah. And you might read Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And as you read that, you might realize that it's not just what some prophet wrote two and a half thousand years ago. It's God speaking to you today. He actually delights in you. He actually rejoices over you. And that's not just information. That's not just something a dry book could give us or a sat-nav could give us. That's a relationship. And this is why we keep reading the Bible. It's not like an Agatha Christie, where once you know who done it, there's no point in reading it again. It's not like uh, the famous five that we may have grown out of, or actually may not. It's not like those sorts of books. It's a living word. It speaks to us afresh day after day. You probably know the story of the prodigal son. If I was to ask you that story, you could probably tell me. And yet, if you were to come to that story again in your Bible reading or next time it's preached on in church, isn't it amazing how God can tell us something new through a very familiar story? It's because it's a living word. He's got something fresh to say today through it. That's why we keep reading it. So, reading the Bible is a really good habit to get into. 
And there are lots of things available to help us to do it. First of all, it's a good idea to have a Bible. Um, and to have a, a Bible that we can understand. We've got lots of modern translations. Of course, the one we use in church, the New International Version, is a good one. There are other ones. So we need a, a Bible. Those of us who use fancy um, phones, we can now get the Bible on our phone in uh, lots of versions, and you can uh, do that it that way as well if you want. If you are buying a Bible, get one with study notes if you can, or at least a Bible reading guide in the front to get you started so that you can uh, get into because it's not like one of those books, like almost every other book, where you start at the beginning and work your way through to, work your way through to the end. I mean, you'd think it would be. It's a book, after all. But it's really 66 books, all in one cover. And uh, as you know, there's the Old Testament and there's the New Testament. Some books are long, some books are short. So we do need help, I think, in knowing how to read it. And these um, various study aids that are produced are very helpful. Um, that's one there. What's that one? The, the um, Closer to God, which Scripture Union produced. Actually, in my pocket, I haven't got them out of my coat, but I've got um, a couple of copies of Word for Today and Word for You Today, which is a youth version of the same thing. Um, there are Bible reading notes which are very helpful to get us in uh, there. Nicky Gumbel's book called 30 Days is uh, a good introduction. 30 Days worth of um, introduction to the Bible, different passages dotted around the Bible to get us into the whole thing. And uh, again, for those of you who use the internet, uh, or your computer, or, your, or, or on your phone, um, the same Nicky Gumbel from Holy Trinity Brompton in London has produced something called The Bible in One Year. And if you go to the HTB website, uh, you'll be able to get linked up to that. And I'm, I'm using that at the moment. I'm using it for Lent, but I'll probably keep using it after Lent. I, I mean, again, it depends how you work, but I find it very convenient that every morning I find delivered to my phone uh, Bible readings and Nicky Gumbel's comments, uh, which I can read. It makes my sort of Bible reading time very easy for me to do because it's all been produced. I don't even have to look up the pages in the, in the Bible. It's all there on my phone. So that's one way of doing it if you operate in that sort of way. But it's good to get into the habit. It's good too to read the Bible in groups so that we can check out our ideas with others and make sure that we're keeping on the right track. So it's good to be in a house group or it's good to come to the lunch group that Hoban's running so that we can hear and share together about um, what we all think about uh, what the Bible is saying. What we mustn't do with the Bible is ignore it. There's no point having a satellite navigation system and never turning it on. I heard just yesterday, actually, someone was telling me about, uh, it was about their father, actually, who'd come to church. And actually, he'd been around churches for a long time. But he'd come to the church because uh, his grandchildren were doing a, something at the front of church. And it was about the story of Hosea which is a love story, which is about how God loves his people, loves us, just as Hosea loved his wife even though she uh, was terribly unfaithful. And God loves us even when we're unfaithful. And this man who'd been around churches for years, really, he said, I've never heard that story before. 
Where's that in the Bible then? And he'd not come across the book of Hosea. Well, that's like having a sat-nav and never turning it on. It's there. It's all there for us. And we need to get into it and look uh, and see what it's got to say. And as we've said, the Bible is far better than a sat-nav. Anyway, so let's read it, get to know God through it, and follow where he leads us. Let's pray together now. Lord God, we do thank you that you have given us the Scripture, the Bible. And we thank you that it's been made available to us in our own language and in versions that are not hard for us to understand. Help us not to take this privilege for granted, Lord, but to get to grips with the Bible, to read it, to let it teach us and guide us and encourage us, but above all, to let it speak your living word to us day by day. Amen.